Snakey's Tap Talk is back. We've had a week off because I didn't manage to get an episode out last week, but we are back, people. And you have spoken, I have listened, back by popular demand, <laughs> is none other than Mr. Ian Hart. Hello, mate. Thank you, all the four listeners, for asking me to come back. That's good. There was even a hashtag, we want more Ian Hart. Oh, really? Well, that's by good. By one listener. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't taken off quite how you probably expect it to. No, never mind. Still probably But it will do. I'm hearing a lot of good things about the uh, podcast, so that's good. Good, thank you. Good stuff. Still haven't got an intro piece of music. That no. will get sorted at some point. No. But, I mean, we could probably sit here and talk for hours about you and your life and drinking and nights out and things, but I'm going to keep it to an hour. Yeah. I'm going to keep it to an hour. And hour. most importantly, for the children listening, keep it clean. Well, hopefully you know the boundaries <laughs> this time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I may have, yeah, but that was because it was live, it was good, yeah, it was marvellous. That's, that's live radio for you, yeah. which you, uh, you, as the listeners know, <laughs> are no uh, stranger to. No let's, stranger no to live radio. To live no. radio. So right. let's crack on straight away because, as I say, we're going to get this done in an hour. Yeah. Roxy, the dog's come to join us. Good stuff. Lovely, uh, lovely. So my one-to-one episode today, I've done a few of these already. Yeah. And we're just going to go in chronological order. Yeah. We're just going to delve into the life of Ian Hart. Yeah. So early days. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of my listeners have been sort of my age. You are 58. 58, so, yeah. So, you know, Knocking you are... on a bit. A child of the 70s and 80s. Very good time to be born in the 60s. Nice time growing up. Uh, good times. A lot of fun. Uh, Taring Park. You've uh, lived with and without phones as well. Victoria Park. Yeah, lived with and without phones. Preferred living without them. Yeah. To, to, to be fair, one one phone at home. Yeah, you know, so that's it. different generation, really. I talk, yeah. I well, talk about with, with like the other guests I've had on, talk about house and stuff and early... Early experience of drinking. What was your early experience of drinking? I, I think I had a, I had, uh, I got a little bit tipsy, um, at a house party in nineteen seventy six when I was eleven, um, on dry blackthorn cider, and then um, yeah, I think, and then I had a Paul Coolidge and I had a half a bottle of whiskey in Victoria Park once, which wasn't very good. I was, I was as sick as a dog. Never had whiskey since. That put you. Everyone's got that story. Yeah, no, they? no. I think I think I think we're about fourteen, fifteen. There'll be people listening to this, driving, out walking. Yeah, Paul, you know, Paul. Paul was a fledgling punk, um, and I, I wasn't. I wasn't. No. <laughs> and uh, no, it was just came across. I think we. Did you ask somebody to buy it from the shop? No, no. I like these little things. We acquired it, and I don't know whether we acquired it from Paul's dad or my dad, but. These things happen. Yeah, everyone's got that story yeah, of, a, of an yeah. al- a, a type of alcohol that they yeah, yeah. had an and awful I, night. And, and, and I, I do, I don't anymore. understand how people can drink whiskey. I'm not a whiskey fan. I've and mentioned I, and that and people, on the I, I know people that can drink whiskey like water, and that is that's yeah, crazy, not man. for me. That not crazy, for me. crazy behaviour. So then, obviously, again, as we've mentioned, you're a man of a different era to me. So. Your drinking experiences, so your legal experiences when you were at college. Yeah, college time. Well, what was illegal, sixteen to eighteen. But dear old Chris Chapman, God rest his soul, at the Montague, um, didn't really care about uh, licensing laws. He had an upstairs bar. We used to have college parties there, which were good, good fun. Um, went on, uh, and then was in my formative years. Used to drink in the thieves' kitchen. 
but they, then because I, I did look very young, and and then I don't know if it was the if it was that. Summer. Did you used to take an ID out? No, well, no, no, because you couldn't have fake ID because you you just. But, so if you needed to get in somewhere. And they didn't believe you. That was just it. So you in. didn't carry a passport or anything no, like no. that? No, It well, was just you were well, either 18 If or you were not. under 18. No, but when you were 18. Well, no. Because uh, the, the, I turned 18 when I was in Germany on a, on a, on a holiday. Um, but the night, I went out on the 31st of July, 1982, with Nick Jarvis, Andy Knight, um, Paul Slauson, Neil Luca. Yeah. And we went out and we actually met Mark and Andy Sinsby at the Manor Ground. Yeah. They were and just, weren't the Potkins is there just, as well. Just about to turn 16. They'd been knocked out at the Sussex Cricket Festival that day. And we had a drink with them. And then we went into town. And I had my passport because I was going on holiday the next day. And I'd been previously thrown out the thieves' kitchen when England drew nil-nil with Spain and got knocked out the F, the, the World Cup because Foster's was 50p a pint that <laughs> night and, and we got knocked out and the geezer f- didn't throw me out until about 75 minutes. Um, so then I'd been drinking that night, so I'd had a drinks in the Tirola and we'd gone to the fountain and we'd, and we'd gone got served in various places because Jarvo and, and Neil, they were all weighed 18. And he just got me, and he said, get out, it's you again. And I got my passport, I said, are you going to stop me for three days? He said, give me 33 days, 133 <laughs> days, you're not 18, get out. And um, so it went from there. And obviously when I came back, it was all, it was all legal. You were fine but, to go out. But the town was so much different then. The, the town was open virtually seven days a week. Um, there were a lot of pubs. There was a few nightclubs as well. Um, and it, it was different times. I'd... I'd I have no doubt that the price of alcohol and and a full, um, available income or disposable income, as they call it, was a big factor. And uh, and that you know, I'd, and of course, when 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 I I split split up with one girl girlfriend and then went back to knock knock out with Andy and Mark and Johnny Hartley and down at the the, the George. And which was really, you know, um, from about 1983. So that's what, you know, that's where we're going to come into from there. So, you you know, you've yeah. gone through your early days where you didn't need to show ID. You know, it was luck of the draw. A night yeah. out was luck of the luck, draw. Uh, luck of the draw. It didn't help that I looked 12. And I was a three-point screamer. I was pissed up <laughs> after three points. So you just mentioned at times a puker. Yeah, that, that's a family gene, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But never mind. So you've touched on the George there. So yeah. This is for listeners in Worthing, the Toby Carberry at the top of the George yeah. Fifth Avenue. For all of people my generation, they will only ever know it as, as the, the home Toby of the Carberry, roast. Yeah. Well, but not... for you, it was your pub. Now, for me and my friends, our pub, in theory, was the Broadie when I was sort yeah. of that, that yeah. sort of age. We, I think my best, and I'd like to hear what listeners' best is, I think my best was 17 days on the bounce I went to the Broadie. 2016 with Jono. But... That was, you know, we would, our pub is the Broadie, I say in inverted commas, and we would go there on a Sunday, maybe on a Friday night. For you guys, the George boys as such, it was every night. It was crazy, crazy. It was almost every night. We'd probably miss the occasional Monday or Tuesday. We're in there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday lunchtime, Sunday night. Because pubs used to shut, didn't they? Pubs used to shut. Pubs were open between 12 and 2. Yeah. 
on a Sunday, and then they were open between 7 and 10.30. Uh, and then some pubs in the winter used to close at half 10 at night, winter closing, and they used to open at 6, 6 o'clock in the evening, because it's only 1988, which is 35 years ago, or obviously, yeah. 34 years ago. 34 years ago. Um, that, that's only when pubs opened all day on a Saturday. Wow. I mean, there there was, and older listeners of the pod will re, will remember this. There was three or four places in in Worthing you could get a pub, uh, you could get a drink in the afternoons. One was the Robert the Bruce Club, one was the Oasis. Um, there was the Civic Club, but you, it was all members only. Yeah, so you, so you just, had to either go. Uh, I mean, and I've, I've been cards. thrown out the Robert the Bruce Club more times. It was almost like the Holy Grail, and then when I finally got in there. It was a bit of a shithole, really. <laughs> it was so, like, what is that? Yeah. It's that, oh, my God, I yeah. need to go there. And then it's actually that. Yeah. So, you know, you've just touched on it. So the George boys, you had your group. Yeah, we had so, a group. So it would, and obviously, as we've touched on as well, no mobile phones. So was it sort of a casing point that... you just it, get down there. You and, knew that people would be there uh, at was in there. 6 p.m. We'd all arrange to meet down there. Sometimes we go into town. We did... Um, go to Stearns and then Fatal let a, uh, a tear gas canister <laughs> off in 1984 and we were banned for a we short time. So we went to Brooksy's, which I think is, is it still at Chichester? Is, it uh, th- is that what Thursdays was? Yeah, Thursdays. Next yeah. to the train line. Yeah. That's gone now. That's gone, is it? Yeah, it's well, Neptune paints now. It was bloody, it was a bloody good nightclub there. Bloody good nightclub. Um, and obviously, without wishing to sound sexist, a different, different type, um, different group of birds. <laughs> So you could go, you know, you could go... Without social media to stick yeah, you up? Yeah, without social media. So, no, it was good. But, you know, yeah, but we used to go to karaoke as well. That was all, always but, uh, a good night. And then, obviously, Chapman opened Benson's. Yeah, and lots then, of different And then pubs there was here. Bubbles and, Li- and Liberties. It became Liber- uh, Liberties and all, all, all sorts of things, yeah. So, so then, like, every behind every great pub, no matter... What the decor is, the food is behind every great pub is a great landlord and landlady. Yeah. Great. And you Ro- still talk about. Yeah, we have Roy and Kath Lester, and sadly, Kath is no longer with us. Roy is still with us. The finest landlords in in this town, possibly on a par with Delia and Chris Chapman. But Roy was a pucker, proper landlord. Looked at. He knew. He looked after. He you. looked after everybody. Just a little note to other land landlords that may be listening to this. Every Christmas day. The first drink was free. That every, doesn't happen in my every day. Christmas. Well, it happens at the OPC, but every Christmas day, uh, the 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 first drink was free. And obviously, uh, it was a different time. And um, Roy had a collection of golly toys behind the bar, and that and there was a bit of a reputation there. And um, and that we had Floss, Flory Lisha. So she was the she bar was the barmaid. She'd yeah. been there for years. And she did get caught with the Mike Hunt phone call. <laughs> <laughs> and she was shouting it <laughs> round the, around the pub, yeah. telephone for Mike Hunt. But you, you mentioned to me before we started recording about, like, you know, it was sort of anything goes in there for you guys. Yeah, as, long just, as, you, as long as it was tasteful. It was tasteful. You know, we, 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 there, there, was there, one... there was an older crowd and a younger crowd. And we, and we did have a, you know... But in the main, we're all mates with them now, and, and we all see them. And, and I remember I was, you saying to me about like one night, you know, you didn't go to Grimsby away, but you yeah, they we just... didn't go to Grimsby away in 1985, 
and Floss brought her wireless down and we put it on the bar and we listened to the commentary. Just with beers. And yeah. how much would a beer put you back at? Right, well, 1985, that is the time, the budget of 1985, lager went from 99p a pint to a pound and a penny. People were crying. Grown men crying, vowing never to drink again. All these years later, you boys paying five and a half quid, six about quid. About that. Terrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy, really, when you think about it like that. But And then just one last bit on the George. Did, yeah. Am I right in saying you were in there the night of the big great storm? No, I was in Benson's. And then you went there the day after? Oh, no, we're in the uh, the, 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 the Friday after because Roy was, was doing an essential service. We got the pub open and we had a bit of dinner in there because no one went to work because you saw all these trees <laughs> coming down. John Hartley and I were, were walking home. We said, oh, it's getting it's a bit, bit windy, windy now. But, I, but I, I slept through it. It was my mum and dad. Um, oh, my God, the Russians. Oh, my attacked. God. It's over. It's fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, well, we get the Finden home guard. Yeah. But so, then, but then, strangely enough, as you do when you're young and stupid, um, I went up to Manchester to see my friend, the, the Nixons, got a grip of a bird, and um, ended up moving up there. Well, that's where we go to next. So obviously, yeah. we've just talked about your life in Worthing. Yeah, and, and then I moved ha- up to, that to Manchester, and, and you know, and, and nothing came of it with the bird because she turned out to be a wrong one. But, um, uh, she probably would have said the same about me. But, you know, I had a lot of fun there. I've still got friends all these years later that I still speak to. And how did to, the two places compare? Speak to, well, no, it, it, it is, you know, it was... Was, was the Manchester, manor house... Manchester was my university. Was the manor house like the George or was it worlds apart? It was like the George in the fact that it was a local. Yeah. And it was like the George in the fact that we went there after work and we'd go to our other places. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday night, it was packed full of crumpet. And you used to do a circuit there. <laughs> and, of course, with the old accent, all the birds up there thought that the, the, the streets are paved with gold yeah. down here. And I probably punched above my weight there, <laughs> to be fair, because of the old charm. Oh, lovely. Yeah, but that's life. But, but you don't want to hear that because you're my you son. Know, you've just mentioned there that you've mentioned to me whilst we've had a bit of dinner to mention about the Lego factory. Yes, because um, the wonderful thing is Man- Manchester was an eclectic mix. and, I, and Very I'm working class. Working class, but grafters, but also people that will do anything to earn a living. And he, he's no long, longer with us, so I, I'm, I'm not going to mention his name in case any of his children there, but I I had a, uh, an associate there who had a contact at the Lego factory in Wrexham. And when I think about this with, with, with you and Amy as kids, he used to go and get empty boxes from the high-end models and stuff like that. He then used to put bits in them so they rattled and then shrink wrap, wrap, wrap them and then sell them on street corners. So these kids were opening these boxes on Christmas Day and there was a lot of old tat. And it wasn't... No. Yeah, that's... And, I, and I think that is evil. And yeah. I, I, th- I thought it was out of order back then. <laughs> and now... Then and, when and, you... and, and now I think, bloody hell, you know, yeah. how did he sleep at night? And do you know what he said? I shut my eyes and I go to sleep. And, and unfortunately... But I, I knocked about with a lad who, who took me under his wing from Fulham called Leo. But he was also called Lionel. <laughs> he was called Larry Humphreys. He was called La- Lenny Ryder. That's Lenny where Ryder, Lenny Ryder that's came where Lenny from. Ryder comes yeah, from. Lenny Ryder. And um, he he did give me a, my my uh, my soiree into ticket touting, <laughs> which was July. So I'm to if the eleventh, the twelfth was. I'm just thinking the twelfth Saturday, thirteenth Sunday, fourteenth Monday. 
So it was July the 16th. So... 1986. So six years before your first child is yes, born the day after. after. So um, July the 16th, 1986, Queen, <laughs> Freddie Mer Mercury, supported by status quo, whatever you want, um, playing Main Road. And Leo, God knows how he got hold of them. <laughs> but he got hold of a load of second tickets. From, so basically... Well, no, basically Manchester City. Well, no, they... They were and they weren't, all right? On closer scrutiny, you probably realise that they weren't, but they were just... Do you think many people got in on them? There is a story yeah, at the end, end of this story. Um, so we were selling these tickets for quite a lot higher than face value um, outside Main Road, but keeping on our toes as ticket touting back then was, as it is now, illegal. Anyway, oh, so. we, uh, we ended up... In a place called Applejacks, um, in the centre of Manchester, and um, Leo suddenly says, "We got to go," and I said, "Why?" He said, "Because a couple of geezers I sold the tickets to have just come in, and they don't look very happy." <laughs> so we had to sneak out the, the back of the pub. But funny thing about ticket touting and a story: I went back there the following year when they put David Bowie, Alison Moy, and Terence Trent Darby on, but they made the mistake of having two dates. So you could get... And, and it wasn't a sellout either night. And the touts got really caught. Cool. They couldn't give them away. No. Even when Bowie came on stage. So yeah. more on him later. More on him later. So we... So, you know, as again, as you mentioned, so you've moved up to Manchester, lived with yeah. the family, got taken yeah. under their wing. Great guys who we still meet up yeah. with now. And that, as you've mentioned, well, that was your university. Yeah, yeah. And it was some great experiences. But I, but I remember saying to dear old Freddie Luca, Neil and Richard's dad, um, and I came back, I think, for a week weekend. In, and, uh, and uh, well, have you got a bleep facility on this? Not really, but no. it's But it's an adult thing, isn't Okay, it? yeah, it's not. He said, uh, oh, you look fucked. You need, to come, <laughs> you need to come home, son. You need to come home because this is going to kill you. He said, because you can't go out and do uh, and do all this for for too long. I, event I eventually um, came back uh, at the beginning of 1987. So I spent 18 months up there. And it was a great 18 months and lifelong friendships. Um, uh, some of the lads that I knocked about with aren't, aren't, aren't there. Probably the shape of things to, to come in the last 30 years. I think Leo's probably spent 20 of them in prison. And he once shared a cell with a certain Paul Massey of, of, of Salford, who actually went to his wedding in 1996. So, Were um, you at that wedding? Yes, I was at that wedding. Um, I, I didn't if anyone wants to know about Paul Massey, there's a great podcast on BBC Sounds yeah. called Gangsta. I didn't realise it was him. It was only when it... But, but I, I realised that um, Leo was in with Paul Massey. Um, uh, so basically, you went on an 18-month holiday to yeah. rub shoulders with uh, gangsters. Yeah. And then you came back to Worthing. Yes, yeah. and you've mentioned him before, Chris Chapman. You started working with him. No, 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 no. I, 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 ba I basically came back and did a, a couple, couple of temporary jobs, and then uh, went to um, work at Dillerstones yeah. in ni nineteen eighty-seven, uh, and the rest they say is history. Um, Very much. Only so. went for a couple of days' work. On the, my mum, dear old mum, met Roger in Montague Street on the nineteenth of November, and. He said, what's Ian doing? And my mum said, not a lot. And he said, we'll send him down to Dillerstones on Monday. Uh, and it was, 
on the 22nd of November. For those listeners who have no clue, Dillisones is a local funeral director in the parish of Worthing. Who had bought my granddad's firm out yes. eight years before. So so there was a little family link. And yeah. Roger actually works for us now. Yeah, and Roger does a lot of work for us and he's a very, very yeah, lovely... He's one of life's great guys. Lovely man. Um, and then, of obviously, the... the uh, I got into my fanzine stuff in 1988, the Albion fanzine. Well, let's touch on that then. So yeah. you are a football fan. We did a podcast together about the Albion. And, you know, I'm, this isn't going to be dates and times and years now of just no. this trip, this trip, this trip. But as well as home games, and let's just touch on a quick home game for the Goldstone under the fanzine. So you took all your fanzines over in the car. Yeah, in, yeah, in the car, and uh, we... Then did you have a pub that was your base? Yeah, no, no, Chapman's was our base, and yeah. then we'd go, and then we'd park up, and we'd park up by what is Gamley's now, or was then, because it's gone, it's gone bust, it was a car park, and then we used to sell by the church, uh, and Pete, Pete Kennard and Little Nige used to sell up by the, by, by the garage as you came round. Um, yeah, we had uh, nine years, great... Hundred editions, got got, got sued um, by Ken Bates. No, 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 I, no. That that was later on with oh. the Worthing Herald. No, got sued by Dudley Sison, uh, John Campbell, and Ray Bloom. As a, Ray as Bloom. a name that uh, might might uh, strike a chord with yeah. a few Albion fans. But no, look, good times, and really, you know, writing has been, you know, I'm, I I was an underachiever at school um, because I was a lazy bastard. Yeah, and um, and I I. Would like to be the class clown, funnily enough. Well, um, again, that's a that's hereditary. Yeah, and um, so, but I've all I've always loved writing. Um, Roy West, John the Don's uh, step granddad, was a was a man who really got me into creative writing. Mister Byrne, uh, who was my teacher, my English teacher at um, Goring Hall, was unfortunately a Nazi. <laughs> But uh, no, he was a Holocaust, Holocaust denier. denier. Yeah, I remember Holocaust denier. We had, um, we used to have to do talk about TV programs. You have to have TV TV talk. TV talk. And Simon Taylor wanted to talk about Holocaust, and uh, he and he and he shut Simon Taylor down. I said, I said it never happened. It was all propaganda, and it was only I went to a school reunion with me with my great mate Paul Coolidge a little bit later on, uh, years later. And we said when we become parents ourselves, Bernie was <laughs> Bernie was a Holocaust denier. He was a Nazi. You know, if anybody went to school now and, and said, and I, if I came home and, and said, said, "Oh, oh my, how did my, that teacher, my teacher said the Holocaust didn't happen." Yeah, you go. Um, you know, Goring Hall was a great school for camaraderie. Um, I've I've got this this sort of jokey because Bernard Manning is one of my. Um, one of one of my idols, but I have friends of all race, creeds, and colours, and and that came about from Goring Hall and tolerance, and, and uh, you know, growing up, I had to leave Tarring. Uh, well, my parents made me leave Tarring again. Did, didn't 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 want to work, and then just sort of moved down. And uh, yeah. so Goring Hall was great, and uh, really really enjoyed it. Was really was a real wake up call when I went to sixth sixth form college, but. Going on to the fanzine thing, so enabled me to do my writing, and it's gone on there, and you know, with with the with the with the newspaper stuff. And, yeah, um, but everybody's got a book in them, and hope hopefully in um, in the next twelve months I will be writing my book. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, not about know, me. I hope not about you. It'll be but... a ghostwriter for a sports figure. 
But, you know, let's go back to where we, we went off on a tangent. Yeah, there, but that's, that's Hart. Ian Hart. But, so a lot of away trips. So you used to be the man that ran the away trips, did you? Well, yeah. We used to run coaches, um, you know, and, and the thing about the, the goals I coach is, was that we, we you know, we, we, we were, I'm not saying we were rule breakers, but we were tolerant because we realised that there are some people that want to come on coaches and have a drink. There are some people that want to come on coaches and possibly smoke Class B drugs. And there are some people that want to come on and watch Continental Titles on the VHS On the VHS. Recorder. You yeah. wouldn't be able to do that now. No. Well, yeah, but everybody watches it on their phones now. Yeah. Is that poor enough? MPs. You, you don't need it anymore. No. Well, so there's a couple of away trips that come to mind of, that you've told me about. One was actually following Worthing. Yes, Worthing. Which yeah. was in the FA Cup, Cup in, Bournemouth. Yes, in 1994. And you went with the Clifton boys, was that? No, no, I, no, 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 that was Worthing in 1982. That was Worthing against Oxford. And that was with the Clifton yeah, boys. Yeah, that was with the... So let's go to the, that quick. So the, just, yeah. just for listeners again that aren't from Worthing or people my age yeah. who, some people won't even remember the Clifton. Clifton Road in Worthing, it was a, let's be honest, it was a bit of a rough pub. It was, a, it was a rough boys The Clifton boys had... were legendary. Sadly, we've, we've said goodbye to too many of them um, professionally. But no, I got on this coach uh, at 18 years old with Neil Luca, and it was an absolute... It was the 11th of December, 1982. The Jam were doing their last ever gig at the Brighton Centre that night. Um, Worthing had got to the second round of the F- FA Cup for the first time in their history. Robert Maxwell was the chairman of Oxford United. Yeah. Um, and Jim Smith was the manager, Bald Eagle. Yeah. Um, Worthing did really well, had a cast iron penalty turned down on the hour uh, when Trevor Dove was pushed over. Uh, it was turned down and we lost 4 0 because we basically ran out of uh, steam. We'd had a little bit of mayhem and hijinks before. The uh, before the game, football was, hooliganism was no, at its no, height. No, 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 it wasn't. This was just good old fashioned hijinks and drinking because okay. we'd gone into a pub, and and they and Will Will Davy, the world famous Will Davy for for local people, yeah. had put a Christmas tree through the window. <laughs> he'd opened the, <laughs> the, window, the, the window, but he'd put it and, through the window. And Nigel had t- little Nigel Erskine, another had, worthy hero, had taken his clothes off. Not and, for the first and, time. And the, and the barman had said, no more clothes till he's decent. And someone said, put your trousers back on, Nodge, I want a drink. And, and then we'd, we'd gone to the, to the game. Oxford have, have always had quite a rough uh, support, following support. And, and at the end of the game, my two good friends, Philip Danks <laughs> and Richard Hanks, made it over the fence and made their way to the centre circle. Hanksy realised fairly early. Didn't on, he trip though? No, I don't think he tripped, but he but he never never made it anyway. Danksy got to the centre circle to take on the Oxford masses coming towards him to turn around and see that there was no one behind him. And luckily, the police got to him first. <laughs> and the copper said to him when he got, "I've just saved your life." <laughs> and that that was good fun. And then we went to Winchester, and uh, I think Will Davy got arrested in Winchester. There was a there was a more shenanigans. And then Will got arrested by um, Chief Inspector Ivor Webb from Worthing Cricket Club. Will got arrested at Swandine Hospital. What was that for? Well, no, the coach just got pulled up oh. because they'd had reports. You know, before mobile phones, uh, yeah. they'd had reports 
of all, of all day. But the, Chris Hagues, who, who, who ran the coach that day, he just went and made a four-page statement down at Union Place. And we went to the Montague and had a great Carried night. on. Yeah. So then let's get to Bournemouth then, to 94. So well, that was Worthing in the FA yeah, Cup again, yeah. was it? Worthing in the FA Cup. They, they'd not Gloucester City out of the fourth preliminary round after a replay. Great night at um, Woodside Road. But they played then Gloucester on the, on the Saturday. And Gloucester had... I've never seen so many advertising hoardings in a ground except for one, which was painted white. And I said to the lad, because I was doing it for the, for the radio, uh, radio, I said, what's going on here then, you know? And he said, you wouldn't believe it. That was Fred West, General Builder. No. He'd just been nicked. So they had to... That's uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Bloody hell. So Fred West, for all his faults, put something back into local sport. <laughs> As they say on this country... <laughs> Fred, they used to call him best in the West. Yeah, well, not anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, so then um, Worthing played... So, Worthing played Bournemouth. Bournemouth. So, where did you set off from? Uh, we we just set off from Chapman's. Chapman's, um, which, again, for Worthing listeners, that's the Grand Vic yeah, Hotel. Grand Vic Hotel. The station. Uh, we had various things. We we stopped in the New Forest. We had Will Davy on with us. And uh, we stopped at a pub, of all places, at, at a petting zoo out the, the, the back. And Will tried to bring a goat... <laughs> Onto the coach. That's the official mascot yeah, of Worthing. said it was going to be the Worthing mascot, but we said, Will, you, you can't do that. And no, that, that was another great night. Uh, Worthing took the lead. Spencer Mincham scored direct from a corner. I think Tilts was playing for Worthing. Gary Chivers was the Bournemouth captain that day. And um, uh, Worthing lost 3-1. Three, three, and on the same day, Brian, because I was working for the radio again, uh, on the same day, Brian got knocked out by Kingstonian. Okay. Um, up in uh, up in London. So then, any other? Well, you know, me and you have got some stories. Yeah, I always remember that's, that. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. But yeah, yeah, some good away days back then. And you know, as you say, that's. I don't know. I don't know what's. I can't put my finger on it. And a lot of fans said to to me, fans of clubs have been in the Premiership. That when Brighton went up, be careful what you wish for. And I don't, you know, I'm, I. I I love watching Brighton and hope, hopefully we will get in Europe one day. But it does take the, the shine. I, I used to love an away day at Shrewsbury or Plymouth or, you know. Uh, we used to love like, uh, well, that's why even when we were in Watford, the championship. When we went to we Watford. Went, that, when we were in the championship, we used to love an FA Cup yeah, away yeah, no, day, yeah, no, we? An away day. We, uh, we went to Port Vale and we were singing Love Me Tender on the coach. Um, we said with the Brighton Gay Men's Chorus and they gave us a lovely <laughs> gave us a good spot. parking spot yeah. yeah they did but they did ask for a second song yeah like Simon Cowell but right one last away day trip because yeah. I just want to touch on it because again it's a great story let's talk about Ipswich away Ipswich away 1992 all shook up all shook up yeah uh, we went in fancy dress because we were effectively getting relegated uh, Pete Kennard and I managed to blag press passes so we had photography passes on the pitch on behalf of goals I was yeah, that. well no because we were Sussex Sports Monthly we used to do this blagging oh yeah again that's probably a story yeah, that, for another pod so um and but before the game there was a little bit of shenanigans and mayhem and I was dressed in the white Elvis jumpsuit you were Elvis and I saw one of the little Ampton boys getting nicked and he hadn't done anything wrong I'd had a few diamond whites and so, which was a very strong cider, cider yeah. And I don't drink cider. No. Absolutely. Why was I doing it? So I had a few diamond whites and a bit and a few lagers. So I went over and said to the copper, 
he had this geezer right, right up, up against the fan. I said, look, can you leave him alone? Because he hasn't done anything wrong. F off, says the sergeant. You can swear on this. Fuck off, <laughs> says the sergeant. I said, no, I'm, t- I'm trying to... And he says, fuck off. Or I'll nick you. And then the next minute I spoke, and the next minute I was up against and the And what van, did you say? And my wig came off, and they said, you have the you, you, uh, you've been arrested, anything you can say. And I said, you can't arrest me, I'm the king of rock and roll. <laughs> anyway, they put me in this van, and as everyone listening knows, I've always been built for comfort and not for speed. And this geezer's going, cheers, hearty, forget. And then there was more trouble, so all the coppers left the van, and he says, shall we run for it? And I said, I'm half pissed and I'm dressed as Elvis. I'm not getting far. <laughs> I'm not going to get very far. Anyway, Pete Kennard, we'd got a video cam- camera with us all day, videoing it all. Just for fun. And he'd videoed the copper tell- swearing at me. So he yeah. played at the chief superintendent. Chief superintendent got the copper to apologise to, to me. And then I was released. And then did the Albion win that day? No, they uh, they lost. And there was a, there, we've got it in your Hall of Fame here. There's a picture of you and Robert Codner. Robert Codner, yeah. And um, there was a very unkind because Robert and I are friends now. Yeah, he, he's coming. But to at me. the time, just oh. for a little backstory, Dad yeah. wrote the fanzine for the Albion, and they used to give Robert Robert Codner didn't live up to his potential. And Robert Codner didn't really endear himself to the to the fans as well, doing wanker signs, okay, and stuff like well, that. Well, in fact, there was. Can, can I quickly say yeah. this? When dignitaries used to die, sadly died, used to have a minute silence. And when Ted Croker died, who'd been the FA secretary since God was a boy, the Albion was quiet. The Goldstone was hushed until 48 seconds in and someone said, why don't you fuck off, Copper? <laughs> and it was, you know, it, was, it wasn't nice. No, it, it was different times, to, though, to, yeah. To, to Codner. It was, it was, and it wasn't respectful Unfortunately, to like, the album was in a different yeah, place then. It was, it was going down. But anyway. But you and Robert have kissed and made yes, up. But, and they he, were, but we had a caption com- competition the following season. It was a picture of me and Robert Codner, and it was a goals eye caption competition. What's what El- did the winner get? I don't know, so it's like a free goals aisle or whatever or something. <laughs> Which was about a quid. Yeah, we'd made something up. And the winner was, and it was a bloke called David May, who sadly we looked after him professionally recently when his mum died. But And his caption was me saying, don't you step on my blue suede shoes. And Robert Codner saying, if there's a ball at them, I won't come anywhere near you. <laughs> And that was the winner. Well, let's leave there then. So you've meant, again, you've touched on it already in a way. So it's quite a good link here. So you do a lot of comparing and you've done a lot of comparing over the years. And that's something you love doing. Did you always find that you needed a couple of beers to get yourself confident? Sometimes, for the better, uh, for for the big, bigger gigs. Um, I have died on my arse a couple of times. And, you know, everybody does that. Um, but no, I enjoy it. But you, you, you do need to have a couple. But there's, a, it's a bit like darts. There's probably a level. Yeah, oh no, you, you, you can't go on sloshed. No. I mean, uh, 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 we used to love going, and it's died down because it, um, uh, no, it's finished now. I know Pete and I does his Pete and Derek do their excellent St George's Day here. But there used to be a big one in St George's Day, bright with six hundred people. But it, there used to be a punch up by about five five o'clock. Anyway, they had Mike Reed. The DJ on. Oh, not Frank not, Butcher. Not Frank Butcher. Mike Reed, the, the DJ, in front of 600 people. And he was dying on his arse and people were talking. And it was terrible. 
and some bloke got up and leant on the lectern, leant towards the mic microphone, towards the lectern. And I thought he was going to say, and Motti was sat there with me, I thought he was going to say, give him a chance, because people were talking. Yeah. Will someone give me 50 quid to get this prat off? <laughs> <laughs> or words to that effect. Yeah, word that yeah. effect. So, you, you know, as I said, you've touched on it already. So you've got a great Bernard Manning story from I your have and I days. haven't, I haven't, I haven't, because I can't use... Because it's the actual not it's 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 the nastiest word. Yeah, it's the word you can't use. Okay. Um, but anyway, we'd we'd had the Bernard Manning thing. It was for Chestnut Tree. I I'd had the honour. It was the honour, and I've still got. You've photo. got. I found the photo at yeah, the office yeah, today, yeah, so we'll get that yeah, up. We'll yeah. get that up on socials. I've got the photo, and uh, and I'd done the auction, and then at the end of the auction, it was my privilege, and I but I've been telling all the Chestnut Tree people, the people sent it to you. Bernard will be fine. It's knockabout stuff. He yeah. won't be offensive. It's a family it's a, show. You know, and he knows it's for children's hospice. So I'd done the auction. I'd absolutely stormed at the auction. We'd made loads, loads of money for a very good charity. Boys, now is the you know it's top of the bill time. Here he is, the finest stand-up comedian this country has ever produced. Gentlemen, I give you Mr. Bernard Manning, and he came on and he got a great response. And his opening gag was, "My girlfriend's got two yeah, and I'm one of them. And I'm thinking, and you, and you're I'm, in the wings, going, <laughs> oh my god, thanks, Bernard, because I was on the board of di yeah. directors at Chestnut Tree, and and some of the ladies on the Chestnut Tree board had said that Bernard should, and I said, no, it'll be, he'll all be right. fine, he'll be, and then he opened with that. Well, again, different times. So, yeah. you know, and that was that was six weeks before he died. So possibly one of his last kicks. No, because because he, he was going back that night. He always used to do. He always used to sleep in his own bed. Really? But he was actually going back to the Embassy Club, so that was an afternoon gig. John Virgo was on with him as well. And he the was snooker player? Yeah. Actually going back to do a gig. At the at, Embassy. At the M Embassy Club, which when I lived in Manchester, was I, I went to. What a, what a great What a night. place. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I've got a couple of other good stories. Um, to go from one of, some might say, the king of comedy to the literal queen. So, you know, I'm not going to say what happened. You're going to just tell the podcast your story of that elusive day on Grandstand. Right. And it's, and it's, a, love, it's a lovely story because uh, it was 19, July 1993 and Andy and Mark's mum, Shirley, rest her soul, she's, she's no longer, she wasn't very well and she was actually sat at home in Bulk Inn uh, where, what's the road? Where, where did Paul Hazelwood live? Because they bought Paul Hazelwood's um, home. I can't think. We don't need to do yeah, road no, well, names. Yeah. We can't give out addresses <laughs> anyway because of GDPR. GDPR. Um, anyway, Pete Kennard and I, we, we got tickets in the corporate hospitality bit. We gave a young lady 20 quid. It was a lot of money back then. And she basically filled our glasses up all afternoon. We had, we were, why were you there on the hospitality? Had you just paid for those tickets? Or no, no. I used to work for De Beers. And yeah. My very good friend Tom Reed couldn't go, so he gave, gave me his tickets. <laughs> it's probably one of the things he regretted. <laughs> Tom is sadly no longer with us. But um, So we ended up in Corporate Hospitality. Opera House, trained by Sir Michael Stout, ridden by Michael Roberts, and owned by Sheikh Mohammed. Won the race. We managed to get into the 
uh, winner's enclosure. So th- wait, this is where is this Royal Ascot? Right, yeah. Ascot. So Royal Ascot on the biggest no, day no, of the Diamond Day. So Diamond Day. Yeah, Diamond Day. Anyway, so we've we've got our arms around Sheikh Mohammed. We're giving him I I five. This is all on grandstand, and then the Queen comes past, and I just stepped forward and shook her hand because she'd had a terrible year. She'd had you know Fergie was playing up, Diana was playing up, Windsor Castle had burnt down. And I said to her, and I, I, I had a couple, but I said to her, please don't ever forget the people of this country love you. And she said, thank you very much. I said, can I shake your hand? She said, of course you can. So you, okay, because you're not meant to offer your hand to the Queen, no, are you? You no, have to wait yeah, for her. Yeah, no. But, you, but at least you asked. Yeah. So you, my dad has shook hands with the, the queen, queen. yeah. Which, yeah, obviously with now that she's passed away as well, like, yeah. yeah. We didn't get the funeral, though, did no, we? <laughs> but we've got all the newspaper cuttings. But then, so from there... Yeah. That's live on grandstand. And, and then... Shirley, so they're all doing things here in the kitchen. Shirley's going, quick, quick, Ian's <laughs> on the telly, Ian's on the telly. And so, um, yeah. so, yeah, from there, obviously, this again, this is life before social media. Imagine if you did that now on social media. But well, no, imagine this if you is did life... that now with, with the security, you get shot. Yeah, life of, before social media, oh, yeah. so, so everything just erupts. Everything Everybody erupts. wants to know who you are. Yeah, and as always, there's always a grass. Do you know who the grass was? Doesn't doesn't really matter, does it? You know, no. someone identified us. Grandstand was quite a well. Uh, yeah, a well everyone watched, watched it. So, um, Colin Twigger, my my good friend, again, sadly, yeah, he he was on the phones for drives <laughs> that day and had had a lot of phone calls. Yeah, um, we ended up having a, a a press conference in Chapman's on 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 the Sunday. Um, you know, it was good fun. Mum, so Amy had just been born. Yeah, no, Amy was a year old. And we were having our sons hunted in the afternoon. And people were trying to climb over. And no, the man from the Daily Star was in the back garden. We had to go and people were like climbing over the fences. Go away! Mum had to. Mum and Amy had to go. Nan and Granddad didn't they? Well, no, they 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 chose. (laughs) No, and and the sad thing is, I didn't do it for monetary gain. And when, uh, and I'll 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 name him because he still works there. Nick Parker from the Sun. Some people won't call me shit house. I certainly would. He offered me five thousand pounds for my exclusive story. I said I didn't want any money. The money had to go to St Barnabas Hospice. Yeah. They have never to this day received that. Five, never received 5, that five grand. That's ridiculous. No, it's, and, not, it's horrible. Well, it's just the sun for you, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. But yeah, and he's still there now. Well, maybe years later. If you're listening to this podcast and you know this shit house, <laughs> let's. Let's bombard his email inbox. Yeah. Nick Parker at the Sun. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, so again, that's just an incredible story, yeah. really. Yeah. Shaking hands with the Queen and just the And then I got a letter because I wrote. An, yeah, you wrote. I, to I, the I wrote Queen, a letter of apology because the Sun, the, uh, the the Monday, the press coverage was terrible. I could have put the Queen in a coffin. I could have killed the Queen, and I never said any of that. So I apologise. So I I I wrote to said I was really sorry. You know, it was lovely meeting you and. and but I'm sorry if I've caused you any embarrassment. And we got a lovely letter back from the Royal Yacht Britannia, which we've got in our treasure box yeah. here. I'm commanded by the Queen. It was from her equerry. I'm c- c- she was touched by the time and trouble you took to write to her. And, you know, yeah. a perfect ending. Bugger Nick Parker. Yeah, it, Nick Parker, you're a shithouse. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Basically, I don't think he'll listen to this podcast, no. but if he does, Nick Parker... Well, Greg Grundy will, and he knows Nick yeah, Parker. Yeah, Nick Parker, you're a shithouse. <laughs> um, so, any, before we move on to the Q&A, any other 
things you want to tell the people about life with alcohol with you? Mm. Any stories? No, any... no, you, you, I've, I've had struggles with alcohol, yeah. and you have to know your limits. Yeah. Um, I am not an alcoholic. Uh, I have friends that are alcoholics. I'm a binge drinker. I, when I get on it, I, I, I really get on it. I was very ashamed to be out with you at the FA Cup semi-final. Yeah, uh, and, that was, and don't remember the second. That half. was one of the bad days because five thirty kickoff. We started at nine a.m. We were three drinks in before we left bloody um, the, the cricketers. cricketers. But yeah, and I think I touched on that on the episode with Elliot. I said like, well, Elliot opened up with ev- most people in the UK have got a drink problem of such. Of, no, of like, I, 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 you see, and I and I didn't want to offend anybody, but when I because I've I've struggled with my men, with my mental health as well, my depression, and I've done a few things, and I know people listening here. I've done a few things in my prior private life that I shouldn't have done, and I'm, and I'm not really proud of. But I, end, I ended up in rehab, and that was the best place for me to go. And I thank Paul, Paul Camelin and Warren Aspinall for getting me in there uh, when I needed it. Um, but again. I went to three AA meetings and they do a wonderful job with their 12-step programme. Yeah. But you try going to a meeting if you're actually not an alcoholic. It's quite it's quite diff, uh, difficult. Yeah. Because, well, I went to four meetings. So for three meet, meetings, I wrongly joined in the meeting. My name is Ian and I'm an alcoholic and told my stories of technically binge drinking. And on the fourth one, my final meeting ever with the AA, uh, my my name is Ian. I'm actually not an al- al- alcoholic. I'm a binge drinker. I nearly got tired and feathered. You are an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. You are an alcoholic. And I, was, you know, this is not. Yeah. You, you do a wonderful job, and you look after a, a lot of people, and you get a lot of people on on the straight and narrow. As does as does gamblers, anonymous yeah. and narcotics. Chance to shine are very good as well. Aren't anonymous, they? but you know, and I've got friends who are gamblers. I've got friends who are, uh, who who got drug issues. Uh, very uh, a lad that we know very very well, Jordan Goatley. You know he, he's well, no, he, he's but he clean clean and sober, a hundred and one months now. That's brilliant. Very good, very you know, good, superb. And he you know, and he and he he rightly said on Facebook um, the other day because he was a hundred and one months clean and sober, and he says if I can do it, anyone can. anyone can. Yeah. So that's good. Well, yeah, that yeah. and that's the support. You know, and, you know, you Jordan say, was very. Jordan reached out to, to me when I wasn't in a good place. Yeah, so, so that's the support you need at times, isn't it? Yeah. So thanks for talking us through different experience and things on the episode. Now we're going to do the Q and A. So past and present yeah. can only go to one pub for the rest of your life. So if you moved abroad, if you moved to Australia, you could take a pub with you to be on the corner of the road in your local. In its heyday, whatever you want. Got to be the George. The George in its heyday. With, 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 with Floss with her floral, floral dress, Roy, all the, all, all the toys behind the bar. It was just the fruit machine, the jukebox. Pool table. No, we didn't have a pool table. I thought there was a pool table. No, no. no. So the George is your pub. Yeah. That's yeah, your yeah, pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The George, 80, 83 to 90 when I got yeah. married, yeah. Both so then <laughs> when you got married, then you weren't going to the pub every yeah, night. Yeah, it wasn't allowed. Uh, biggest night out you can remember? Vegas, when we went to the Hatton Castillo fight in 2007, I, I stupidly, well, no, I didn't stupidly, I loved it. I took a party of 24 and we went out and we met in Caesar's Palace in the Galleria Bar at six o'clock in the evening. 
Uh, we went up the stratosphere with, with the revolving restaurant. We, we went here, there and everywhere. Greg Grundy took us to a club, which was great. Didn't have any alcohol, but they had great entertainment. Anyway, at 10 past nine, the following morning, Richard Moores looked at myself and said, I think we better go and get some breakfast. We had been out for 15 hours and 10 minutes. Wow. Fair play. But, but that's Vegas. Harry Richardson and Mickey Halford missed the fight. They slept through yeah. the fight, didn't they? Slept through the fight, Slept yeah. through the fight. Maybe I'll have to do a bonus episode yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, Favourite drink? Uh, lager and lime. So In the old days, Corona now. So Corona now, but in the old days, a pint yeah, of lager with yeah, some lime yeah. cordial. Fosters and lime. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, dream bar crawl. Three people dead or alive, and why have you chosen them, and where would you take them on that bar crawl? Dead or alive that you know, or, or not? can be anyone. Right. I've had people pick their dad, their no. friends, no. their you know. Russ think, Cook picked Adolf Hitler. No, I think the dream bar crawl. So you'd be I hosting. Take, I I I would be hosting. Uh, I would take my dear friend Darren Pollard. I thought you'd say that. Uh, I'd take Andy Sin Sinsby, who's yep. the best friend I've ever had. Um, and has done so much for me in, in, in my life. Sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> and the third person, now, I don't want people to think that I'm a bit of a curse, but uh, along with Darren, I've got another really good friend, really close friend, Hanksy, Richard Hanks, who died. So I'd take him. <laughs> so you wouldn't take any celebs? No. No. no you'd take your and where would you take him? Where would you go? Where would we go? Where would the bar crawl be? Would Vegas, just, no, London, no, Worthing. Worthing. Worthy. Keep it local. Right, so what? come on, talk me through. And this can be any and bar in well, any I, I would love it. We'd, we'd go so to you'd the start Eagle. in the George? Yeah, we'd start with the George, with Roy and Calf. We'd, uh, we'd then get a, um, a, ta- a cab into town. We'd go to the Rose and Crown with Julian Marshall behind the bar. Uh, no, Ju- Julian Rhodes behind the bar. We'd, we'd then go and see Chapman at the Montague. We'd go to the Wine Lodge. We would then go to the Thieves' Kitchen. We would go to the Polly. Darren's dear old dad at the Egremont. Where would you and end? Then, Rutherford's, Benson's? Oh, do you know what I'd like? The Flappers? Ca- no, I'd like the karaoke. The karaoke. Because old Ferret, Andy Harriet, used to be the DJ there and he used to do the best direction section out. <laughs> and you had three, didn't you? You had 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So you do, what, what erection section did you go on? What? You know, what, did you cash in early? No. Did did you cash in early or or, or wait for the price? Or you, you know? Yeah. It, it, I, and the karaoke bar, they had a thing, didn't they? They used to serve a, a chip. And no, a no, fish. that that was before that our was time. Before. Okay. That was, that was well, before. and it's now a co-op. So yeah, yeah. Different times for different. But that's things. when Leo Sayer was discovered. Really? So well, he, he should have a blue plate. He should. Maybe well, you no, can. No, he's got to die first. Yeah. Is that what happens? If you're listening, Leo, I hope you're feeling all right. <laughs> Right, well, that's a hell of a bar crawl. Yeah. So, last one, end of the night. Yeah. Caff and Roy have rung the bell. Yeah. You've ended up there for a lock-in, let's say. They've rung the They've said, it's time for you boys to go home. But, Ian, you can pick the last song to be played this evening. What are you listening to? Life on Mars by David Bowie. One of the first number ones I can remember sitting down around my auntie Geraldine's in Rustington in 1973, watching it on colour television. And, uh, yeah, Life on Mars, David Bowie. Fun fact, uh, very distant cousin, but my cousin Mark married his very distant cousin Gemma on the 4th of September 1982. And then 39 years later, that was your wedding anniversary. Sadly, David Bowie never turned up because 
he was recording Let's Dance. Wow, that is a fun fact. So we're just going to do quick fire. Yeah. Bottles or cans? Bottles now. Yeah. Pub or club? Pub. Type of alcohol? Lager. Oh, yeah, Corona. Favourite TV pub? Now you, a little bit for Ian has, Ian loves random television. Before we recorded, he said, let me just make sure Emmerdale's recording for later. Because Samson is missing. So I think I know what's happened to him. Good. But we won't spoil it no. for those watching on Catch Up. Yeah. So, favourite TV pub? You you being a big TV fan have got many to pick from. Favourite TV pub? That's a great one. But I think I'm going to have to go with the one that would make me, would remind me of a great 18 months of my life. I go for the Phoenix Club. The Phoenix, it's the Phoenix, Phoenix Club. Club. Yeah. Because well, there were bars like there that. There were bars like that, the Phoenix yeah. Club. Bran Potter? Who's <laughs> yeah. Bran Potter? Right, now I've added this in. We've had a few random ones, some few very odd ones. A would you rather? Yeah, oh Christ. I'm so weird. you've got to come up with a would you rather. You have to come up with it. Oh, I have to come up yeah, with it? Yeah, you have to come up with it. Oh Christ, that's quite hard, isn't it? Would you rather watch Brighton in Europe? Yeah. Or win the League Cup? Brighton in Europe every day of the week. Yeah. Absolutely. That I don't think Because you don't get in Europe if you win the League Cup now. No. I think I'll be honest though, I think if you gave me uh not finishing in Europe place or winning the League Cup, I would go winning the League Cup because then yeah. we'd have a day out of Wembley. Yeah. And you would remember it. This and I time. don't want to bring the bring the, the, the podcast down because we've we've touched on certain things. If anybody is listening to this who is struggling with men- mental health or struggling with drink or struggling with uh, narcotics or gambling or anything like that you have to reach out and you have to get help and there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of good people in this world it's a shitty old world sometimes but there's a lot of good people in this world so if there is anybody suffering with depression or anything please pick up just reach out and get help seriously because why... I did because if I hadn't got help I don't think I'll be doing this podcast. Well, Ian, that's a hell of a place to finish. Thank you for your time this evening. I hope you enjoyed dinner I that loved I it. cooked. Yeah. Um, next week's po- well, we're coming up to World Cup podcast soon. Um, but other than that, all I can say is if you've enjoyed the podcast and this is the first one you've listened to, go listen to the back catalogue. Tell your mates to listen to it. Tell your mates to turn the tap on. Hashtag turn the tap on. Um, Leave us a review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and just spread the word. I'm loving doing this and if we can get it off the ground even more, that'd be perfect. Other than that, let's get loud. Let's get loud. See you later.